Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Portions of the Oilers Now podcast are brought to you by ProAmSports.ca. You know, when you go through tough times like this, maybe it makes you a better team. You know, for Connor and for Dreisaitl, those guys have had uh, nice careers, and they've hit a little bump in the road, and it's going to make them better, it's going to make them stronger, and it's going to make them great people. This is Ryan Eugene Hopkins. This is Oscar Platt. This is Milan Lucic. This is Cam Talbot. This is Connor McDavid from your Edmonton Oilers. This is Oil Country. And this is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep... Keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A. Now, Bob Stopper on the official radio station of your Edmonton Oilers, 630 Shed. Everybody, Bob Stoffer joining you. This is Oilers Now, brought to you by our title sponsor, Digitex. Chad uses Digitex for their copiers and their printers. Their service is excellent. Hugh Porter, the gang at Digitex, they will take care of you. They're now in three provinces Alberta, Saskatchewan, and Manitoba. Coming up on today's edition of Oilers Now, a recap of the weekend that was for the Edmonton Oilers. Two home games, three out of a possible four points, and five points for Connor McDavid, who now leads the NHL scoring race, and in fact, just moments ago, was named, not surprisingly, the NHL Player of the Week after picking up ten points in four games. Oh, by the way, First time this season, the Oilers, to my, if I recall correctly, first time this year, Edmonton's had a player of the week. John Shannon will slide by at 1235, courtesy of our... Uh, great folks at the River Creek Resort and Casino. And uh, on the River Creek Resort and Casino hotline at 780-496-0063, they got Larry the Cable Guy, April 14th, live at the River Creek Resort and Casino. Tickets at the Ticketmaster.ca. 105 today, you get to jump in the show. 
on our River Cree Resort and Casino hotline. You can text us at 630-630 on our Westlock Ford text line. If you're looking for a new vehicle, go see Paul Olson at Westlock Ford. Check out the great selection today at westlockford.com. Worth the drive to get your new ride. 135, friend of the show, out of NBC Sports, Washington. Uh, briefly, at Edmonton Oiler uh, willed his way to the NHL, Al Maine. You can tweet us at Oilers now. Tweet me personally, Bob underscore Stafford. Tweet Brendan at Brendan Ulrich. And uh, yes, indeed. Uh, email us as well, oilersnow at 630chad.com. Tomorrow, Mark Spector will join us down at Rogers Place. The Oilers will conclude their three-game homestand against another pretty good team, the Columbus Blue Jackets. Uh, the Oilers uh, playing back-to-back games uh, on the road against uh, the 31st place team in shot per, uh, save percentage, uh, being the Carolina Hurricanes and the 30th place team, the Ottawa Senators, scoring 13 goals. While well, last two nights at home, Edmonton going up against the third and second best team save percentage-wise in the NHL. The Oilers getting three out of a possible four points, as we mentioned. Stoffer Inspector every Tuesday on Oilers now for Horse Racing Alberta. A reminder, live thoroughbred racing returns to Northlands Park May 5th. All right. The weekend that was, we won't uh, give you uh, an audio recap of the game against L.A. Instead, we'll focus on about last night. You remember that movie back in the day with Rob Lowe and Demi Moore? Here is uh, Jack with the call, the Oilers and the Ducks in a uh, higher scoring game than we all imagined last night. And Nugent Hopkins finds McDavid shorthanded. Reshot score! Connor McDavid, 39th of the year. And Edmonton takes a 1-0 lead just as the power play had expired. I believe that'll be an even-strength goal for Connor McDavid. Out to Ethan Bear. Cross-ice. One-timer score. Leon Dreisaitl from deep in the right corner. Top shelf. And Edmonton extends to a 3-1 lead. Dreisaitl's 24th of the season and 15th in 23 career games against the Ducks. Yeah, he's always been good against some of that is his kill zone, Jack. He loves that right side half board. Raquel, left corner. Coming off the half walls, Corey Perry. Dangling high slot. Pressured by Ethan Bear. Drops it off. Shot score! Through a screen, Cam Talbot. It came from the half wall initially, and the Ducks slice the gap to 3-2. Fowler left-hand side for Raquel. Now it's Fowler. Cutting behind the net. Wraparound save. Rebound score, and this game is tied. Cam Fowler went right around the Edmonton net when his shot was kicked out to Corey Perry. The latter buried it for his 17th. Sekra back to McDavid. Up top is Raddies. Interior pass. One-timer score. Ethan Bear, his first NHL goal. And Edmonton strikes on the power play. McDavid's third point of the night. Bear, his first goal of the pros. And Edmonton up 4-3. This is a guy, the last two years in Seattle in the Western Hockey League, he put up some big-time numbers. He can shoot the bill. And that is a great look from Connor McDavid, but he activated, he called for it. McDavid sifted it through, and he beat Gibson high glove side. Six on five now for the Ducks, who are down a goal. Fowler dishes off. Montour juggled, got it back, fired, and it was deflected home in front. We're tied at four with a minute 29 to play in the third period. Getzlav with control of the puck, circling, regrouping, forcing Edmonton to make a decision here. He'll dish off. This is real strategy employed by Randy Carlisle. Getzlav to Raquel. Not real interesting strategy, but real strategy. Raquel makes a brilliant move. High slot, couldn't get a shot away. Quick shot, score! 
and dribbled through Cam Talbot. And Hampus Lindholm has the game winner for the Ducks, whose first lead comes in overtime. 5-4, your final time, 121. Lindholm from Raquel brings the Ducks all the way back. I don't think I've ever seen a team win the opening draw in overtime and possess it for a total of 121. Edmonton never got the puck. Uh, they never got the puck, and the key to that whole sequence was the they started the overtime period with Kessler and Getzlaff up front, uh, and bottom line here is Leon Dreisaitl beat Ryan Kessler to the draw, but Ryan Getzlaff got inside position on McDavid and was able to immediately swat the puck back to the point. And then Getzlaff went off imme- immediately. He then came back on the ice about 50 seconds in. Uh, but they just played keep away and, and tried to make sure that uh, McDavid and Dreisaitl did not get the puck. Now, uh, I don't know what sort of theory you would have in terms of how you would counter that. First of all, you got to be quick on pucks. I'm going to say right now, had the Oilers not played second of back-to-back games, I'm not convinced that game goes to overtime. I think Edmonton showed some fatigue in the third period. The Oilers are also, you know, they, they don't have Oscar Clefbaum. Say what you want about him. He plays the most. And so there's a trickle-down effect on defense right now. And the Oilers' second and third pairing spent a lot of time defending in the third period. Edmonton got a shot 22-6. to six. By rights, you can make an argument that the Anaheim Ducks got the justified reward in that game. They dramatically outplayed the Oilers come crunch time. Here's Todd McClellan on if the Ducks wanted to wait for McDavid to change in OT. I don't know if that was the strategy. They got possession, and just like most teams, they don't want to give it up for uh, for nothing. So they held on to the puck. They turn it back when they didn't have anything. Um, nothing that we wouldn't do. We want to we want to maintain possession, and when they... Uh, when they finally got a chance to strike, I think we broke the play up, but we poked the puck to them. Connor happened to poke the puck right to them. So um, it was, uh, you know, it's frustrating when you're the team that doesn't have the puck, yet if we had the puck, we'd be happy with the way that play was going on. So uh, give them credit. They won the opening face off and never gave it up after. Todd McClellan's comments. Here's Connor McDavid. That was a little bit different. I I never seen. It. I'm not. Maybe it was just. Uh, it just played out like that. I'm not sure that they were doing that on purpose, but uh, it kind of seen that way. But um, ultimately, they they won the overtime, got the extra point, and. All right. So again, do you do you attack them in that situation if that happens again? It's the first time it's happened. Yeah. So how do you react? What do well, you? Well, I do think there? the others are caught off guard a little bit, but yeah. I do think uh, the Ducks. That was their intention. Absolutely. I mean, I, Cam Talbot after the game flat out said he thought that's what they're doing. McDavid, I asked him after the game too, and he, as you just ran that clip, he sort of uh, said maybe it seemed that way. But I think next time they would attack him them differently. Landholm after the game, by the way, Bob, I, I don't have the clip. I forgot to grab it, but he said the Ducks have struggled to you know get possession of the puck in overtime, so that was their strategy. It wasn't what? to get McDavid off the ice. Oilers have killed him on the counter. They scored a couple times last year. No, I'll take a, again. Edmonton playing the second. Let's. Hear Todd McClellan's comment on the orders running out of gas and the Ducks picking up their game in the third period. Well, a little bit of both. I thought that their big uh, their big boys really picked their play up in the in the third, and I thought we ran out of gas. We've uh, we've played a lot of hockey. I think we played three sets of back to backs in less than two weeks and and traveled a little bit. I think it's catching up. We're uh, we're a tired team, not only physically but a little bit mentally. Um, started. Indifferent, I thought tonight we had to wake up between the first and second and push, and we did that, but we just didn't have enough left in the third. All right, so uh, all right, so totally agree. 
they are fatigued. They're also undermanned, right? I mean, the Oilers are in position where they sold off a couple of their UFAs. That's brought some other players into the mix here. Oscar Clefbaum shut down for the season. Uh, changes the complexion of what uh, the depth that Edmonton has on defense as well. Back to the play in, in overtime. I'm here to tell you that if McDavid is a tiny bit fresher, he beats Getzlaff to the puck off that one draw by Dreisaitl. And then it's Edmonton going on the attack as opposed to sitting back. and it's That's the margin. That's how tight the margin is right now. Now, there were some intriguing things that occurred last night, including Ethan Bear scoring his first NHL goal. Here's Todd McClellan. You know, happy for him to, to get his first goal. Um, he's had a few good looks like that, and it's finally gone in for him. So, um, big night for him, something he'll always remember. And McClellan added these additional comments on Bear gaining some confidence. We talked this morning in the scrum before the game about, um, you know, how long it takes for a young man to to develop and, and evolve as a defenseman. We're still talking about Darnell doing that. So uh, Ethan's moving the needle as he's here. He's uh, he's continuing to uh, to gain some confidence. And, um, you know, what's good about it now is it's not just a pat in the back. We can hold him accountable a little bit, let him feel what that's like if things aren't going as well. And... Um, gaining valuable experience. All right, so, uh, yeah, he can move the puck, and it's interesting, the Oilers looked better on the power play once the decision was made after two horrendous-looking power plays in the first period. Those were two of the ugliest power plays the Oilers have had yet this season. I mean, it was just atrocious. And again, I think fatigue. What, what did Vince Lomb- Was it Vince Lombardi or Patton who said Fatigue makes cowards of us all, right? Players get tired, and you're just simply not the same. That is the way it is. Um, now, that said, the power play has been a challenge. All Edmonton's gone from 22% and fifth in the NHL last year, down to 14.3% going into last night's game. That's 31st in the league. By the way, in and we've brought this up on orders now before, San Jose Sharks uh, were second and third a couple years uh, with this staff and then dropped to 20th one year. The next year, they bounced right back up to seventh overall. Uh, Detroit also had a very good power play with Todd McClellan and Jay Woodcroft in Detroit supporting Mike Babcock's staff. Now, that said, those teams were older. And it had more established offensive defensemen. Um, so third period, it's actually second period, the Oilers just rolled the three lines on the power play. It was re- really interesting. And then they put two, uh, two defensemen on the ice as well. The power play looked better. It was more simplified. So maybe we'll see that moving forward. On Ethan Bear, okay? Definitely a player there moving forward. I think we can all agree on that. Uh, gonna, he, he has offensive instincts. He can shoot the puck. Uh, he can certainly pass. He was decisive with his passing on the weekend. Defensively, when he is paired with Chris Russell, that is a tandem that is in chase mode a lot defensively off of cycles. Russell's, some would say, plays a passive game defensively. Certainly zone entries, we've talked about that before. Now others might say the zone exit stats are decent for Russell. Russell gives you what he's got. He's got some heart, but he's a smaller guy. And Bear is not a player at this stage yet that can stop a cycle. Here's the guys that can stop a Adam Larson can stop a cycle. Clefbaum can stop a cycle. Nurse is learning how to stop a cycle, but is excellent at not giving up zone entry off the rush because he's got tremendous athleticism and feet. Um, 
right now, Andre Sekra, not super effective in stopping the cycle coming back from injury. So the order is a little bit... Benning is 50-50, and he's getting, he's coming along. I mean, for all of the criticism of Matthew Benning uh, that he's gone through this year, the numbers are actually decent for Matt Benning, for what it's worth. Uh, you know, maybe plus-minus is a the BS stat, but I think he's plus-7 or plus-8 on the year. And all Larson's done over the last 21 games is go plus-18. So he's been decent as well. He is what he is, an excellent defensive defenseman. Leon Dreisaitl had a start cross night, uh, got robbed once, and then uh, hammered one home as well to make it 3-1, but then was on the ice for a couple goals against in the third and one in OT. Here's Dreisaitl on finding his sweet spot, one-timing pucks from the uh, right uh, half boards. Uh, yeah, I like working on it. Um, it's a little bit of quiet area where I like to um, hang out and um, it was a great pass by, by Bearsy. There you go. And it was a good look by Ethan Bear. And he, I thought he was going to take the shot, but uh, he found the open spot, and Drysaddle scored a lot like that in Kelowna. So that's If only Drysaddle was a right shot because if you had that on the power play, like he clearly has a good one-timer. Yeah. If he was a right shot, that would be perfect on the power play. Unfortunately, just, just he's a left shot. Pa- like, I know fans, hey, you know what? But you know what I mean, though? Like, yeah. That Ovechkin-type shot right it, from put, that circle half wall there. Put it, put it this way, Brendan. Let me ask you a question. Okay? And, and for the record, if you listen to our broadcasts on Friday night, I said after... Actually, I think I said on Friday's show that I would not have Strom on the... Uh, when they go four forwards and one D, I would not have Strom on the first unit. I'd have Strom trying to drive the second unit. And I, I believe I said I'd just keep Ratty with McDavid and Nugent Hopkins and Dreisaitl on the first unit, then whoever they got on defense. Well, they ended up going McDavid, Nugent Hopkins, and Ratty on the ice together in the Bear power play goal. Is there any way Edmonton's power play is going to be this bad again? Think of, think of Connor McDavid leading the NHL scoring race and the power play being dead last. Where is he going to be at? There's only one forward, or there's only one player in the NHL, if you include this season, in the last six seasons, that's had 70-plus even strength points. And McDavid has done it twice. So where is he going to be when the Oilers' power play gets... Because it will. there's history that they can turn this thing around, the staff, because they did it in San Jose. They had a bad year. Not, not a 31st year or 30th year, but a, a 20th year. And they jumped back up to 7th. Okay? I still... There's definitely a player there in Ethan Bear. I wouldn't pencil him in for the start of next season. Um, I, I think they're going to need a little bit more experience. I do think right now, because they played Nugent Hopkins as a left wing and he's been effective, he's had better than a point per game. Ryan Nugent Hopkins has had played nine games now with Connor McDavid. He's plus 13 in those nine games. A lot of it's Connor. Like, they're destroying teams five-on-five five with Connor right now on the ice. Ty Ratty, by the way, has been effective. He's been Ratty is making a case for himself. But, he see, he's 24. Bear is 20. There's nothing wrong even if Ethan Bear plays the rest of the games this year, even if he puts gets two goals and five points in the final seven games, what do we got left? Six games now? There's nothing wrong with Bear starting the first two or three months next year in the minors. They're going to need a more experienced right shot defender. Given the fact that they've got two defensemen that are restricted free agents that we know are going to get contracts moving forward, and that would be Matt Benning and obviously Darnell Nurse, depending on, you know, if, if you, I guess you go... What would you? What would you? I mean, you got Clefbaum, Larson, Nurse, and then you got Benning, and then you got Sekera and Russell. So those are your six. In a perfect world, you slot off one of those left wingers and bring back a right or right lefty and bring back a right D with a little bit more offense. Don't know how you make that happen, 
But in Bear's case, I wouldn't rush it. Fans should be excited. He's smart. That's the biggest thing he's got going. Wait till every the other parts catch up until he has a full off-season training like a pro. Because last year he busted his hand. Don't forget uh, playing for the Seattle Thunderbirds. Right? He's gonna he's gonna get stronger. The guy has. He also dealt with that concussion early right. in his first pro career, pro or season in the and NHL. He had a great so, start in yeah. the NHL before he got. Concussed. Like where would he be at this point if that didn't happen? He is a smart player with intuitive offensive instincts, right? But he has to learn how to play. If you're a defenseman, you really need to learn how to play D2. Give him some time. He will unequivocally get there. There's a lot to be excited about with Ethan Bear. All right, 1225 at Edmonton. When we come back, we're going to get to NHL today for our friends at Elite Promotional Marketing. Uh, The top story, of course, Connor McDavid, named the NHL Player of the Week. When you want to fly your Oilers' colors with fan gear or outfit your fan cave, there's only one place. ProAmSports.ca. Jerseys, apparel, headwear, and memorabilia from your favorite players and teams. Whether it's the NHL, the CFL, the NFL, MLB, or more, ProAm Sports are your fan cave specialists. And if it comes with a ProAm Sports certificate of authenticity and hologram, you know it's 100% authentic, hand-signed memorabilia. So no matter who you cheer for, ProAm Sports has got your guy. Visit their Edmonton show. Showroom on St. Albert Trail. Fill your fan cave at proamsports.ca. That's proamsports.ca. All right, here we go. Let's go to NHL today. It's brought to you by Elite Promotional Marketing, more than just sportswear. As we mentioned, three stars of the week. Connor McDavid, first star of the week, five goals, ten points in four games. Now leads the NHL scoring race by five points. Jake Allen out of St. Louis, second star of the week, went three and zero with a one point zero goals against average. Kyle Connor, the Jets, red hot, four goals, six points in three games. Nine games tonight, NHL. Buffalo Sabers signed arguably the best player, maybe not NHL right now, Casey Middlestad to an entry level contract. He'll join the Sabres later this week. Buffalo in Toronto. Florida Panthers at the New York Islanders. Panthers three points back of the Devils with two games in hand. They've won 13 of their last 16 games. Henrik Borgstrom of Denver out. DU will not repeat his national championships. Eliminated yesterday. Will not make it to the Frozen Four. Borgstrom will get signed right away by Florida here. He'll be in their top three lines. Ottawa Senators in Carolina. Sends have dropped four straight. Washington Capitals at the New York Rangers. Caps have won three in a row. Tom Wilson. 13 goals now, 33 points this season. Detroit Red Wings and the Montreal Canadiens, not much to say about this other than the fact that it's an original sixth matchup. Arizona Coyotes in Tampa Bay. Steven Stamkos out for Tampa Bay. LBI considered day-to-day. San Jose Sharks at the Chicago Blackhawks. Sharks have won seven straight. Victor Edgel will make his NHL debut in the top line. Patrick Kane will play center. Colorado Avalanche at the Vegas Golden Knights. Golden Knights can clinch a playoff spot tonight with a win or if the game goes into overtime. King's loss also clinches them a spot. Calgary Flames in L.A. Johnny Goodrow out. He's going to deal with a family uh, issue. They also do not have Sean Monaghan, Matthew Kachuk, and uh, T.J. Brody. Boy, Calgary's banged up. Uh, the Kings are tied with the Blues for the final wild card spot. Bakersfield on the weekend beat Ontario 4-1 Friday, but fell 2-1 to Tucson on Saturday. Joseph Gambardella scored twice. Uh, Ostap Safin had two shots on goal in his AHL debut. Ty Loney scored the lone goal on Saturday. Yes, that's Troy Loney's son. Colin Larkin uh, voted. Uh, Jack Michaels put a tweet out. Division Three Player of the Year. He had an assist, first AHL point on Saturday. Condors played Dallas, Aiken, San Diego Gulls. Is that what they're called? They still call the Gulls on Wednesday. Western Hockey League playoffs. 
Uh, just one WHL playoff game tonight. Regina hosts Swift Current in Game 3. Series tied 1-1. Stuart Skinner, Oilers draft pick, had a shutout in Game 1, made 34 saves. Or if you follow me on Twitter, only 26, as I misread the WHL stats. Cam Habig on Saturday had both goals in Regina's 2-1 win against uh, Swift on Saturday. Of course, the Oilers signing Habig to a deal this past February. Elsewhere. Victoria Vancouver tied 1-1. Tyler Benson, three assists in two games. Game three tomorrow. And uh, Spoke and Portland tied 1-1. Kyler Yamamoto, an assist so far in the series coming off an LBI. 12-29 in Edmonton. Brendan, who do you have doing the uh, news weather traffic update? Eileen Bell. Eileen Bell up next. And then John Shannon from NHL Hockey and Rogers.